Hey, and we should be live. Uh, I'm Josh here from Liberty Meat Solutions. Uh, you can find us, if you haven't found the stream on YouTube or somewhere else, live.libertymeat.solutions. We're on YouTube, Odyssey, Float, Telegram, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, so all of the things. Uh, and we're going to have the audio version of this podcast out at uh, podcast.libertymeat.solutions and primarily fountain.fm. So go check that out. And if you haven't played with it, play with it. Learn how to use lightning and all the tipping stuff in there. You can tip with lightning by that QR code up in the corner. We were uh, just discussing that here before we went live. Uh, there's a ton of ways to do it though. So uh, if you want to go around to renegadebutcher.com, you can actually buy stuff with lightning. Even if you don't have lightning now, and when you go to check out, it gives you a list of all of the wallets. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. It gives you a list of all of the wallets and ways you can do it, even cash app. And you could pay that way and kind of get it on the ground floor. And uh, stop being afraid of using it because it is the financial future and you should learn how to do it now. Um, anyways, uh, I, I mentioned the tip lightning QR, uh, as far as the whole renegade butcher type thing goes, uh, we're getting closer with that. I've been talking with the spice people. They're working on the recipe type thing. I should be getting samples hopefully here in the next couple of weeks and maybe getting somebody interested in a big bulk buy of it. And if that works great, but on top of that, uh, on the website, if you don't want to wait for seasoning for whenever we get this stuff launched, uh, we've got merch now there's some fun stuff. I'm going to see if I can share my screen and see if it will let me do that it's i am new to the whole uh stream yard thing so give me a moment i've got a window here opened and this bad boy yeah okay that's totally what i wanted to share the entire thing hold on go back to stream yard yep there it is uh, i've got that as a t-shirt so if you uh want something like that i've got a t-shirt a hot pad uh flags all kinds of fun stuff like that and if you feel really adventurous you can get those as undergarments so that right there is all being paid for only in crypto primarily if you can bitcoin lightning so you all can learn how to use this and we can kind of fund this thing and and, and get it going so if you have any questions on it give me a shout or brian over here because we've been bouncing this whole bitcoin lightning thing back and forth between us so that's not what we're talking about mostly today but we've been playing with it a lot so everybody in both of our channels we've been trying to promote this and uh it's not because we've got some kind of finance invested in this uh, i think we both kind of shelled money out of our own pockets just to help people get started but it's gonna be the thing so check it out and uh, don't be like stop being so 1990 <laughs> that means uh, 2020. So, <laughs> so 2020 gosh uh so anyway we've got brian alexovich here from the uh and sorry if i murder your name uh but <laughs> all right gotcha he's from the lots project uh happy hills homestead and they've got a bunch of stuff going on uh but be i'm not going to jump in there i'll let you introduce yourself and tell everybody uh who you are what you guys do and uh what ended up bringing you here Oh, well, my name's Brian Alexovich. Uh, my wife and I, Corey, my wife, Corey, and I uh, had uh, Happy Hills Homestead. Actually, we're still here, but uh, been up in central Minnesota homesteading for it's about eight years and, uh, you know, just went through the whole gamut of doing everything. We did chickens and meat chickens and layers and meat chickens layers turkeys on pasture and and rabbits and quail and hydroponics and gardens and everything and sold stuff and all had the things all sorts of uh, side hustles and worked full-time jobs both of us the whole time and 
you know, at one point we just got sick of the cold and struggling through winter with all the livestock and all the different chores and how hard it gets and how hard it is on the animals and the short growing season. And we said, we're done. Like we got a snow in October that snowed in our turkeys out on the pasture. And I was just like, no, fuck this, man. We're done. We're done. We're going somewhere that it's warm. And so the the air doesn't hurt your face half the year. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's easier. Like we, (laughs) we ended up like right now we're looking at zone seven and it's like a hundred days more Mm -hmm. a year growing Mm. season than where we are. We're like a zone three B we're in this little microclimate in Minnesota. Like it's just stupid. (laughs) Um, I'm in like eight B. So I, I can't imagine. Um, I mean, I, I grew up Iowa, Illinois, right on the border. So I know what a Minnesota winter's like. We had those when we had Texas summers, Corn Belt, complete crap weather. I cannot, I mean, I, I dabbled a little bit while I was up there, but we were mostly stuck in town and trying to get out uh, and find some land out in the country was just almost impossible because everything up there is huge ag land, like a million bucks an acre, even back then, like we're talking yep. like a decade ago. And ended up, getting to texas because cheap land and yeah it's so nice being able to grow stuff nine months now the worst for us it's the heat i mean there's stuff you can't grow lettuce half the year here because right. it's, it's hot yeah you know it's all gonna yeah, go immediately good. like we're done now if, if you're doing like cold weather crops like lettuce broccoli we're done <laughs> we're already over it's toast you guys are just putting seeds in the ground so yeah our last uh, it's a whole different world and the yeah that short <laughs> growing season and then i can Raising animals, I mean, you've got it easier with animals. Animals can take a lot more, but I can't imagine trying to deal with hauling water and feed and everything like that with freaking snow drifts and everything like the winters where I grew up. Nah, screw that. (laughs) I mean, a lot of folks have to, but having to plow down the hill with the four wheeler to get to do chicken chores in the morning when it's having to plow your driveway just to be able to even leave your house uh, and deal with all of the chores that have to be done yeah morning and night you know no matter what doesn't matter how bad the weather is stuff dies if you don't do your thing yeah i was lucky enough my neighbor did my driveway like he just did all like we live on the end of a dirt road and there's three of us here and like he just took care of all of them so it was really nice but like he couldn't do like down the hill to our barn where I'm not, I'm not walking through waist deep right. freaking snow and oh, it's, no. it's dark because you're doing it before work. So it's four in the morning and it's pitch black. You got a headlamp on walking through this waist deep uh, snow drift. It's like, I, I bet if you ask really nice, Tim would send you some snowshoes. <laughs> I have, have them. them. I mean, he's, he's oh, oh, oh yeah, there them. you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. We, we used to snowshoe through our woods and don't get oh, me wrong. Shit. Like the winter's cool. Like, it's yeah. really cool to go out when oh, it's yeah. negative 20 degrees in the woods. Like if you're dressed oh, right yeah. and it's oh, sunny, yeah. the sun makes you warm. And if it's not windy, yep. it's really cool to do. But oh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm fucking over it. I've been here for 20 <laughs> years. I'm like, <laughs> I don't need it anymore. <laughs> in my younger and having to prove myself days, I, I did multiple different campouts when it was like 10 below for low at night out in the woods, just backpacked it. You know, yeah. uh, one time we took a sled with some stuff and, you know, it's doable, but and it's fun. It's a whole, it's like a whole different world when you're out there and it's that cold, especially walking around the day and there's not another human for like miles. It's great. But yeah, the, <laughs> it sucks. I could, you don't want to do it for very long. 
And up there, y'all got a lot of sub-zero weather. <laughs> yeah, Corey, Corey's getting, got a... It feels like it's getting colder, too. Yeah, Corey, Corey's got a co-worker that does that extreme winter camping, and he goes up mm. to, like, the Boundary Waters, like, extreme Ooh. northern Minnesota, like, Canada yeah. border, and uh-huh. camps like that in January. And I'm yeah. like... <laughs> Why? <laughs> You do you, man. You do you. Right. For a while, I think times I did it was just kind of prove that I could. And yeah, it was during hunting season. So oh, yeah. right but nothing's ever gonna happen. You know, I had I was like, pick oh, yeah, me up yeah, in three or four days if I don't check in once a day, you know, send in the send in the cavalry. But yeah, Corey went dog sledding every year. So my oh, my, uh, my brother-in-law and my father-in-law grew a bunch of us used to go snow goose hunting every spring. We'd go down ah, and yeah. go to like southern Missouri or Arkansas and snow goose hunt. And so then Corey and my Corey and her mom were like, why do these guys get to go on a trip and we don't? And so they started going dog sledding in February in northern Minnesota. And it'd be like, you know, <laughs> 10 degrees in the morning, oh, yeah. zero, but Easily. they're taking off. Oh, 10 below. She's, she's correcting me. 10 below and uh, taken off on dog sleds and right. loved it. They loved it. Oh, they went back every year. I bet. I mean, it, it, as long as it's not something you're doing all the time, that's, that's yeah. gotta be fun to do, but you wouldn't want to live that way. Yeah. 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 Oh, shoot. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, and I know, so you guys are packing up, you're, you're trying to move out of there. You're going to sell your place and everything like that. Uh, I understand you guys are fixing up a camper and getting ready to go around and travel yeah. and do some stuff like that. So I, I hear the next thing you're really kind of doing is going to the self-reliance fest. Uh, you excited about that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, uh, we're finishing off the camper. So we had to winterize it. Uh, we took a trip in last fall and out to see Brian at Squatch Fest and mm-hmm. then had to come back cause we didn't sell our house in time. We didn't get ready to go and we had to winterize right. the camper and move out of it because it, uh, it's not yeah. going to happen in Minnesota. You just can't do it up there. No, not in that Yeah, so we we just recently were able to get back, get like the batteries and stuff back into it because I like I retrofitted it with. Uh, it's completely off grid. We can go a couple weeks nice. as long as we can find water. We could pretty much go. Um, I don't know, month if we Dang. find food. But nice. uh, yeah, we nice. got plenty of solar and uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got a wood stove in it, so we can do kind of cold oh, weather yeah. and stuff like that with the program. I kind of food. follow a lot of that stuff, like Facebook groups and just internet random stuff between people who are converting vans and campers or oh, yeah. schoolies. There's a lot of cool, cool ideas with schoolie converters. Because, uh, yep. I mean, with me trying to set up uh, the whole mobile slaughter truck and everything like that, I'm always thinking I'm going to end up camping in this thing yeah. for a good bit, yeah. especially like the first float fest. I had a E350. I'll hang a hammock in the back of that thing. I camp in that thing. You know, I've done a whole bunch of stuff with it. And I was, I'm always thinking, what can I do with this space? <laughs> Cause it screws staying in a hotel, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah I, sure. I don't want to do that. For I sleep sure. way better. And what, what was really big for me. And I know you guys are going to probably be traveling across multiple States. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but for me, Texas is huge and my work's in Texas. Uh, so I have like a state park pass and around here that we have a bunch of state parks. Most of them have like swimming facilities, which means most of them have public showers and mm-hmm. you can rent a camp spot. And if you've got like, I pay 70 bucks a year, I think for it, but like the second night that you camp, you get half off oh, nice. for like up to a week, you know? Oh, so nice. if I'm there more, more than once, it's not bad. And I can rent like a full hookup RV spot if I want to with my van or something like that and have 
everything, water power, whatever I want, big quiet spot spot for like 20, 30 bucks a night. Oh, that's not bad. Why on yeah, earth we're doing... I go stay at a Motel 6 when I can be in the woods and have water and power, everything I yep. need, my stuff's right here, and nobody messes with me, and I can have a shower in the morning. Forget yeah. your Continental Buffet for $85 <laughs> a night. I'll just stay in my van. You know. Yeah, yeah. We, we're doing hip camps on the way down to self-reliance. Nice. So nice. we take off, uh, let's see, in like less than two weeks. Um, mm. We're taking like three days to get down there and right. hanging out for a day before. Um, we're probably going to scope, scope out properties while we're around uh, well. down there. So then we're going to go to... The fest on what Saturday and Sunday, and then Monday we're gonna take off and go up and visit uh, Ken Ash. He's uh, he's one of the guys on yep. uh, Fireside Freedom. Yeah, uh, he's in Southern Kentucky, so we're gonna go up and uh, stay with him for a couple days, and then nice. kind of work our way back. Sweet, just kind of check everything out and make the circuit. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get back. We yeah. have two week, two week, two week round trip. I think is what we're yeah. doing. So. I wish I could make it out to Self-Reliance Fest. That'd be cool as it could be, but nah, there's there's no way I can work it in the schedule, but it's going to be cool. Y'all, you guys can make it out that way. Maybe you'll make it to Float Fest next year too. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah probably that's... the closest to me, so it's easier for me to budget it in. And it's like, man, right now, everything I put into that, I don't know if I can do more than one, maybe two things like that a year. It's There was a lot of prep that went into it. For what yeah, I did. we're changing. We're like on hyperdrive in like contingency yeah. mode with... Oh, that's crazy. She just put tea in front of me. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what's you smoking over there, brother? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're like contingency planning because of uh, 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 fuel prices. Like, God, oh, we, man. We were Tell planning me. on taking off and traveling for at least a year and doing right. like um, hip camp consulting and doing right. like setting people's property up. If they had like raw land that they wanted to, uh, mm -hmm. they wanted to use for a hip camp, we would go in, stay there, put a couple campsites in, and then we would either manage it for them or set the listing or... up for them, run it, whatever, just for a cut. And then uh, right. kind of move around and build a network of these, these landowners that mm -hmm. want to be, we'll use hip camp to build the network, but, I'll be in contact with them or I'll be managing the thing. Right. And then once we have a big enough circuit of properties, we can recruit campers in that are like verified, um, right. low impact, zero impact campers. They're not going to fuck your shit up and like put those, put yeah. those two pairs the together. People you actually want together. out there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that'd be yeah, my biggest problem. If, if, if I was having somebody show up on the, on the property, it's like, yeah, what kind of nuts am I going to get showing up out here? Well, right, right. You never know. You don't know. You don't get to screen them. I mean, you do no, like no. it's a it's a Yelp, it's a Yelp type system. Like right. well, who's to say this I've guy never stayed at a a quote unquote hip camp, but I've I've used the app and I've looked at it sometimes just as like a backup. And yeah, mm -hmm. there there seems to be like a rudimentary vetting system, but is my understanding of it basically uh it's voluntary depending on the landowner. They might be able yep. to turn around and say, Hey, look, we could have anybody who wants to pay us money show up out here or uh -huh. only what X stars and above or verified users or something. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we were going to do uh, in-person contact verification. Right. So you right. to get in, you need to have camped with someone you need a referral, basically. Yeah. And then build that network that way. And then just yeah. pull off a hip camp and run hip camp. But like, right version like uh, what it should be <laughs> well 
Well, I mean, now the price for entry for something like that, exactly what you're talking, is a great idea, but shoot the cut the fuel costs you can't get away yeah. from that when you're mobile so, so what we're thinking is we might um we might look for like property one maybe somebody mm. that has one that wants to develop it intently that that has more has some place be enough work can, into it or they want enough infrastructure yeah there could be a longer term there yeah yeah and i've been looking into so there's been lots of research done into this project like i want to do it if i'm going to do it i want to do it right um, and there's yeah. vehicles oh, yeah. to there's vehicles to purchase a piece of property in your IRA and then yeah. fund the improvement of that property through your IRA, but you you roll it into a retirement fund that nobody's yeah. really using right now yep. as it is. And it's money they're not touching and you could put it to use. Yep. And then it can that and the profits have to go back into the IRA. So if there was right. if there were net profits from it, it goes back into the IRA, and that's right. Just that's the there. growth, right? And that's not that's not saying that that's how it is. That's this is my understanding of it at this moment. I haven't really talked to a lawyer about it or anybody. Right, like I have, right. I've emailed I've emailed a trust company about it, but it was just yeah. basic inquiry. Right. It's it's the theoretical. It should work, but you might have to. Uh, adjust some things or whatnot yeah yeah i would definitely get it all <laughs> i understand that I, I sort of uh i sort of built a whole business and had to to adjust at about a year and a half in so totally get it totally get it <laughs> well hey let me before we think too much here uh so anyways you guys raise a whole bunch of pol mostly poultry and rabbits now if Yep. From what I understand, yep. uh, you look at the state of Minnesota considers rabbits poultry. And I yeah, think that's that's a universal dumbass thing. The uh, state of Texas kind of does the same thing. They have the same exemption for poultry and rabbits. I think it basically means small enough. We don't want to fuck with it. Right. So essentially. Uh, but uh, so you ended up mostly doing turkeys, chickens, things like that. Did you ever do anything that was like a little bit larger? You ever do pigs, cattle? We Never didn't. Pigs, pigs were our next venture. Um, right. When we decided to throw it in, we were actually planning in the planning stages for some pastured pigs, and we have a backfield that's kind of sits away from the prop, away from the house. So we have to figure out power right, and right. stuff like that. But yeah, it's got woods and pasture. We're gonna run them out there, mm -hmm. but we never, we never got to it. So never quite, quite made it up far enough down the list. Right. Right. That was that next was on the list. Too. It was going to get crossed off. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I know you guys, I know you hunt. So would yep. do you have experience with like doing deer or anything like that? Yep. Or would you stick to yeah, yeah, water, yeah. waterfowl and whatnot? Yeah. So you're familiar with all that too. Like I mostly, my, as far as what I do and I consult for people and stuff like that is just, it's, it's mostly the big stuff like cattle, pigs, you know, goats, sheep, stuff like that. And I do a, a ton of deer and I, everybody asks me about poultry stuff or wants me to do poultry. And the, the sad part is there's no money in it and I can do it, but man, I, cause I, I raise layers and I have some ducks and stuff like that. I do my calls, but it's weird to say it. I don't mean it quite the way it sounds, but I don't enjoy it. It's not like I enjoy going out there and gutting a cow, but you know, it's something I've, I've done enough and I'm good at. So when it comes to the poultry side of things, uh, I'm like, man, I, I'd like to get some people who, they have real hands-on experience doing that, like at a large level, larger than me on the show, because I love hearing how people, everybody seems to do it a little different when it comes to poultry. So right. when you guys did poultry, like what were you, you do? I know you had some dodgy processors the first time. 
Uh, I heard that on your podcast recently. Uh, we could go over that, but everybody can go back and find your podcast. They should run over to Lots Project and check that out too. But I mean, so you kind of, you had some crappy experiences, literally, and yeah. uh, you ended up doing <laughs> stuff yourself. Well, how, how did that look for you? you? You said you ended up borrowing a plucker and everything like that, but what kind of mm-hmm. setup did you, did you have? Um, okay. So for, for the, so our first calls with poultry uh, mm-hmm. was like, uh, I think it was like a two year old rooster that we were like, yeah, he's got to go. It was and I was time. like, oh, perfect. I can practice processing chickens. I'm like, right. I can just do this. Like never. This is a great learning really opportunity. Look, yeah. I didn't look into it or anything, but you know, just did some real quick YouTube university and called this thing and, and right. butchered it. It was just like, it was horrible. It was hard. It was like, it was all tough and like hard to hard to process. And I'm like, Oh, yep. this is going to oh, be horrible. Yeah. And we're, think- <laughs> we're like thinking shooting like- an old squirrel. It tried yeah. to skip that thing. And you're like, this is worse than a deer. Yeah. <laughs> you're like little pieces are like ripping off and stuff. You're oh, like, yeah. what the hell? And your so, knife feels cool after the first two swipes with it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we cooked it. It was absolutely horrific. And I'm like, oh, whatever, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Right. And so uh, then we're thinking we're going to do 40 meat layer or meat birds on pasture, built a tractor and everything in right. track in pasture. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to be a horrific day that this processing <laughs> day, because all the only experience I had were these, this old rooster and some old. Uh, and what I'm you like, do Cornish, Cornish cross. Yeah. We did, yeah, we yep. did Cornish cross and we got, they got like a little the big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just like butter. Like it right. went so smooth, like the feathers came out really easy, whatever. Mm-hmm. We used uh, the the um, propane burner for a scalder. Uh, we had family over. It was yep. interesting. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was a little was resistant learning. to it. Yeah, it was a learning yeah. experience. And and we definitely learned from the, the horrible first experience because we weren't set up right. Like, right. We did oh, it. Yeah. I observed it. And then I figured out, how to do it better and then yep. Corey and i by ourselves at the end we would do do 80 85 birds in a day and that was from alive in the pasture to parted out in the freezer that's that's a pretty good haul for birds because <laughs> yeah i am not fun. that quick with it like i will <laughs> i will i will throw down uh, on a cow or, or or some swine but chickens, yeah, yeah oh we, lord well that, granted i i do so little of it it's not worth it to me to have a plucker. I'm not going to buy a scald in it. I'll skid it. Or if I feel like hand plucking a breast, that's fine. But I'm like five coal roosters in covered in <laughs> blood and feathers. And I'm sitting here going, I could have a whole, a whole steer skinned and quartered in a walking cooler by now. And I've got 20 pounds of meat to put in the freezer. I get so frustrated with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we really got good at it. Um, the birds right. could, we had to, to make it worth oh, it. Yeah. Um, well, you guys were trying to do it for a business too. Food. You were trying to, you were, you were actually raising it to sell. This wasn't just like a backyard thing for you guys. Just, yeah, just yeah, yeah, put it in sure. the freezer though. So that's, your stakes are a little higher and you kind of have to either rely on a good processor or learn to do it yourself the right way. Cause there's an expectation there. Oh man, it was bad. It was like, so uh, our, we're 90 miles from the cities. So mm-hmm. we're like, we are quite a ways away. Like we're on a major artery going North and South. And we thought that'd be an advantage. People driving to their cabins in the summer and things like that. Um, 
but it's seasonal just, only. I'm, yeah, I'm not good. At, I'm not a marketing genius by any means. Yeah. Like I'm horrible uh, at me it. Me either, so. but yeah. <laughs> but it was so we had these chickens and they were premium. They were like pasture raised, no corn, no soy feed, like really good birds. Like it was the best chicken I've ever had. Right. Like, I was growing birds for me and the byproduct was what I was selling. So I was going to make the best meat I possibly could on my property for me to eat and then oh, try to sell it. to people. Sure. And so I'm selling this premium product and I can't sell it locally. Like not enough. Like, You've got to have the market to sell it. Right. Right. So I was 90 miles away. So I'm driving to get to the processor. So to deliver the product in Minnesota, it has to be done USDA inspected Mm -hmm. facility or a Minnesota. Otherwise it's on farm only. Yep. Yeah. Or a Minnesota equal to there's different, there's different minute differences between the two, but like the smaller one, the equal to you can do, certain things and then the usda you can go to grocery stores or whatever i can't i can't remember it's the quite similar ish here we have a, a Texas inspected and we have a usda inspected which are basically the same thing it just depends on which agency you get the grant from and you can do both but it's more red tape right. but the usda lets yeah. you sell over state lines texas inspected lets you actually right, 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 right. Whatnot. but most grocery stores aren't going to take it and man it's 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 a nightmare for most folk, folks to kind of figure out because they figure, hey, I'm going to show up, raise some birds, sell my eggs, sell my chickens. I'm going to have to jump through hoops to do that because it's fucking chicken and eggs. Yep. You know, it's not well, that complicated or that weird to sell it to your well, neighbors, but <laughs> they make it that way. <laughs> Here's a story for you that I didn't tell on my podcast. I saved it for this for you. So. Ooh, this I is this is now. the this is the insanity of the Minnesota state laws. Mm. So okay. I went to the top. Like I started finding email addresses for the Minnesota Department of Agriculture, Poultry and Meat Division. Like I had questions about my rabbits yep. because I wanted to sell them. I wanted to process them myself, but I wanted to sell them. And right. So I wanted to do this. I got sick of I got sick of reading all the literature that was so gray and didn't have any definitive answers. And so I wanted to ask somebody fucking questions and have answers to the questions in email. Yeah. Right. So I emailed this dude and he's like, I think he's one of the the heads of that division. And I just got his email from a website or something through the dude email. Yep. And he writes back and we're, so we're talking about rabbits and I was like, so I understand the purpose behind the customer being able to come to the facility that it was processed at if it's not inspected. So the customer can come right. and see if they're, they approve of the setting. I understand this. I'm not denying right, that right. that's a good thing to have. And he's like, okay. Uh, and so I said, I'm like, what if the customer doesn't give a shit? Yeah, what then he, now? He's what like, now? <laughs> he's like, well, they have to come to the facility anyway. I'm like, all right, whoa, whatever. What you mean whatever. they have to? Wait, are they? Are you going to make what, them? What, are you going to come get them? I said, so here's here's the better question for you, and I wrote this in the follow up email, and I said, so if the customer does come to the my farm and looks at the facility and inspects the facility and decides to buy rabbit from me, right? And then wants to buy rabbit from me again, but he's already been here and fulfilled the requirements of your purpose of having him come to the facility. Can he choose now to have me deliver that to him? 
And he said, no. No. I said, that doesn't make any sense. And he goes, yeah, I know, but that's just the law. That's just the way it is. And I'm like, why? 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 Like, I You're feel like a five like year old, but why? When I talk to the, the government. Yeah. Like, but oh, why? <laughs> well, it's like, so, what I'm dealing with now, okay, so like two years ago, there was not a procedure for a mobile custom exempt slaughter unit. So, like in Texas, when it comes to large livestock, you're dealing with you can have USDA inspected for like cattle, sheep, all that fun stuff. Or you can have custom exempt. Custom exempt means you own the animal, you're getting the meat back. Even if it's sold in halves, quarters, whatever, you owned it before it was killed. And, you know, it's it, it skips a lot of the inspection stuff. Which is the only way we're going to be able to, like, license a mobile unit right now. But there was not a way to do that a couple of years back. Well, somebody went and kissed the state's ass and basically said, we'll do everything that we can to make this happen. So they started applying almost all of the regular brick and mortar rules to them and made a path for that to happen. And they took it upon themselves to go out on social media and report everybody who'd been in operation in the state before then doing something that was there was never even a license for or a need to do so and had the state showing up as their weapon on their doorstep, knocking on your door saying, hey, look, you you can't operate now or we're going to find you $5,000 per animal. And uh, here's what you can do to comply like these guys did. So that that's kind of the, the path I had to go down. Well, now I'm finally seeing where I can actually make that work. And I'm like, okay, well, there's enough more business and money in it for me to actually play the state's game a little bit. But the things I have to do to this vehicle are ridiculous. <laughs> like I have to provide a bathroom. Maybe twice a year, perhaps four times a year, I'll have an inspector that will come in because they can just drop in when it's mobile. They mostly schedule with you because they have to come to the individual's property and, you know, they don't want to get canceled on a rain date. So (laughs) everybody I know, they've been scheduling with them, Uh, but they've got to show up, inspect, make sure you're following the own rules that you wrote in your own stuff that you submitted to the state, whatever crap they have to do. But they may have to take a shit while they're there. So you need a bathroom. Like one person got by with this by bringing a porta potty in a second truck, and obviously fuel costs pretty much killed them. Uh, and and a friends of mine set the same thing up. They had like a camp toilet and one of those little pop up mini tents and like a hand wash station, and they they put it away. They never touch it. They throw it in the back of the trailer. And if the inspector needs to use it, they say the rule around here is if you need to use a shitter, you set it up. So. But it's, it's stupid stuff like that. One of the things, though, is kind of what brought me around to it. One of those things that I have to comply with is I have to bring my own water for yeah. washdown, for cleaning, for dishes, whatever. Now, I'm going to a customer's house where they've got they, – they, they live there. They take showers in their water. They eat with their water. They drink their water. And I'm not allowed to use their water to wash down their carcass or clean up after processing their animal because the state hasn't approved that their water is safe enough for them to consume. So because of that, I can only get water from a approved yearly tested source. And I have to bring like a hundred gallon tank of water with me to run my hot water heater. I'm required to have in my three compartment commercial sink. I'm required to have in my truck to do this. So I understand the, the the levels of bullshit that go into this with oh, the state yeah. well, to be yeah, able to actually operate game. a business where somebody other than your grandma eats your food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had we had to play the game, so we couldn't we couldn't yep. get people to come here. 
And so they said, right. well, if you could deliver, we'd buy birds from you. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll build up the model. I'll, I'll figure out the pricing. The closest processor right. to me is an hour away. Like we had, we had the shitty processor was 40 minutes okay. away. And then we did it ourselves and said, fuck it. We're not going to that guy. And then uh, we did it right. from home. That was the year we did it at home the first time. And then we decided we had to go back to a processor. So we we didn't take our birds to the processor. Right. We still did our, we did 80 birds a year for ourselves and our dogs. Um, you did your personal birds at home. Right. And then right. took and then the birds. We the were stuff you had to resell. Yeah. Yep. Well, so, you got extra costs into that. And then, then you don't necessarily, you don't know if that processor is going to handle it the right way. And even for your own, because you obviously want the best for your customers, but right. you're going to eat it. And you know, right. you're pretty sure you're going to do a better job than the processor. You do it yourself. Right. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I, I, and we broke them down. Like that's all more expensive at the processor. Like we just broke them down as oh, yeah. we did them and yeah. Right. And, and packaged them up and put them, packaged them how we wanted them. And we didn't have to pay anybody to do it because we knew mm -hmm. how to do it, but to right. sell them right. and be able to deliver them, we took them to the processor, paid the four ninety five mm -hmm. a bird and the, the gas to get there, the gas to get back the trailer. Four ninety five. That's, that's pretty steep too. Yeah. And yeah, so it's a hour each way, two days. Cause you got to drop them off today and pick them up tomorrow. Cause they do them the right, next day. Right. They want them They're there and then they do a yep. day and then they flash freeze them. So yeah, it's just mm -hmm. a pain in the ass. And so they don't want to hold them because they yeah, don't have so much space. And we got all these whole birds done and nobody wanted whole birds. They all wanted cut ups. And I'm like, fuck you. Mm, so I'm course. like, all right, well, we're going to take one more. But then if you go and cut them up and try to resell them, then you can't repackage them now as resellable. And it's, right. it's so stupid crap have, like I, that, you know, I'd have to get it done next season. So I ate all these chickens. I didn't. We we ended up selling right. them. We, but I mean, at a, dis, at a discount and it was we ate a lot of them. Um, we've we there, there was an equal Bernard, exchange so. between folks yeah <laughs> yeah so um oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, so then we get the cut on and then they're like oh well that's really expensive i'm like well no fucking yeah. shit you know what i gotta pay to raise this fucking bird <laughs> <laughs> i have a fucking youtube oh, video that you All right, so break down the goddamn rabbit why can't you buy a whole rabbit why do you gotta have it cut up exactly exactly well so you guys did birds and you did rabbits what'd you like yeah. better what i mean just overall i mean not raising it processing it eating it what would you prefer if you had to pick one and why chicken. pastured chicken chicken uh well all yeah. raising it okay so i gotta i i have to preface this with we had like 30 breeders rabbits okay so it was right. a lot so of work. That's a lot. That That's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. It's a so, lot of cleanup, a lot of daily maintenance. Yeah. I guess yeah, it's a chore. yeah. 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 So the chickens, I, you don't really have to do much. You, you do one thing and it's all the chickens. It's not move the, move the tractor, individual cage. Move the tractor 10 feet, yeah. move the tractor 10 feet, mm -hmm. fill the water bucket. Like I automated mine. I put a five gallon bucket on the right. back with an auto feeder into your auto water. Into oh, yeah. it. So all I did was reach in and dump the food in and yeah, like 10 minutes. And then as much automation as you can do, but it's it's still work. Yeah, the the rabbits were. I mean, and it's each, and you have to rabbits. monitor each individual one every day. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, and deal with all the kits and all the culling individually. Mm. 
it yeah. i was the only one that did the rabbit calling so the way the rabbits worked with us was i did the uh, beginning of life and the end of life and Corey did everything in between so i bred them right. and i killed them and processed them and she took care of them because they are cute and you take care of them oh, and yeah. you get attached so you get attached. i would do I would do chores, but I would just fly by and fill feeders and change water. You wouldn't, and stuff and you wouldn't have around. as much engagement with them. And she'd, she'd she be naming them. Chores, and, she'd and play with them and everything. Cuddling so. them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. then you had Keep, to be Keeping them guy. docile. Like yeah. <laughs> she was, she was really good at keeping them docile and like approachable. Like I had right. no problem handling them when I had to. So it worked. It worked. Mm -hmm. But yeah, as far as food though, rabbit rabbit was so much better oh yeah if you're trying to raise it all yourself on like and just cost wise if you have any kind of land you can feed a lot of rabbits with not much work it's yeah, just the rest we were gonna it. get into no. um and we'll probably get into fodder trees and stuff like that with the rabbits we'll do it a mm. lot smaller we'll do just for us right and it'll be a lot easier yeah. and i'm a lot more enjoyable i'm sure uh but the the right. food wise yeah the rabbits like far and away the chicken's really good like man our chicken is fantastic oh, yeah. but um yeah the rabbit <laughs> it's it's man it's if good. i i I, th I started trying to do rabbits when i got down here because i love the idea of rabbit like on paper but i'm in southeast texas yeah it's so tough. it's a whole different ball game like rabbits are not a hot weather creature and, no. and raising them like even the folks i know around here who do raise them mostly raise them for show and they have a Inside, hard time. Really they either care got of. some serious, serious fans in a barn or it's air conditioned. They keep them in their house. They have an air conditioned barn. And I'm like, I am not keeping something I have to fucking air condition. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to raise something for meat that I have to air condition. That's expensive as shit. I mean, down here, we have to run an air conditioner nine months of the year. Right. So I don't know. That's just, that's rough. And the thing with, with rabbits is I want to say, and I, I I can't confirm this, but I know I had enough trouble. It's probably true. Over 80, 85 degrees Fahrenheit, bucks go sterile. Yeah. So if you don't yeah, keep him. Just, yeah. Yeah. You, I, I read that. You got to keep him and, cool. And yeah, I, I mean, I'm I sure that. that's, that's not much <laughs> yeah. of the year up there in Minnesota. Down here, that's yeah. like all of the year. So <laughs> right. it's, that's rough. And I'm a, I, I think I had four or five starting out. And I just, I never got anywhere with them. I was like, you know, I love it. I, I love the fact that I can raise something that I can literally feed lawn clippings. Yep. But shit, you know, I, it was so much daily maintenance. I'm like, I've got to work too. I've got to have a job. It's the same with quail. I had quail when I lived up North and uh, I had a porch out back and we were not allowed chickens. So, you know, nobody knew I had a hundred quail in a six by freaking four foot coop on the back porch and neighbors who did know, I, I shut them up with eggs. Yeah, so they didn't care. Sure. And I came down here, I started having, I started raising some quail because that's what I was familiar with. And I played with it for a bit. And then I realized if you've got land and you can run chickens and ducks and geese and stuff, and they all go to bed at night and they can run around during the day. It's really hard to justify all that extra feed for something that has to live in a cage. And I'd love to let it out, but literally everything eats it. I mean, a I big sold, rat will eat your quail. You know, <laughs> I sold a ton of quail eggs and uh, birds. Oh, and I, birds I like and quail stuff. eggs. I do. I sold a lot of it into the raw dog food market and that's where I end around did the, all the processing yeah. laws is I sold um, Good way all to get around the it, stuff yeah. into the, to the raw pet food market. And so that became kind yep. of my MO with everything. Yep. Yep. That the, the dog food. Yep. 
Yeah, and any any of the <laughs> dog owners that happen to eat it, I mean, I I did let them. Uh, know I mean, that's that's on them. Eating. I mean, if they want to eat, if they want to eat dog food, I mean, that's just their own life choices. You have nothing to do with that, right? Yeah, I mean, I advertised <laughs> as human grade dog food, so. Oh, hey, there you go. Exactly. I mean, for people, if you really care about your dog, you only want to feed them something human grade anyway. So, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I will, I will, uh, I will gut and uh, skin it for a fee uh, for your dog if you don't want to feed them traditional raw. If your dog's okay. sensitive to things like, like guts or skin, you know, and if they prefer it like, you know, roast like a little Cornish game hen, that's, that, that's, we can, we can accommodate yeah. that. You yeah. Know, yeah. For and a you fee. might want to taste test it for them and maybe <laughs> there wouldn't be any left. So, <laughs> right i mean oops oh uh, shoot did you guys ever raise ducks uh we didn't that that was going to be on the well so i planned on ducks for quite a while and then i was like i can't even keep, keep my mm -hmm. fucking chicken water for unfrozen for more than four hours in the middle of the winter How oh like, yeah oh yeah that ducks? that that would be hard the only thing i, I think mean, that might do. be people in your favor there is the, du the ducks are in it more but yeah, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, I'm sure it. it's doable, but yeah, I, I the winter is a whole different thing. I haven't had to deal with. Now, I will say from my experience, as far as the meat side, I will take ducks over chickens any day. Well, I like ducks better. As far well, we, as just we eating. kill a lot of ducks but, here. Good lord, the ooh. So okay, look at it this way: uh, a large breed duck that's like a meat duck, like a Pekin or a Rowan type duck. Those things at six, eight weeks, they are almost adult size. Like they are full size. Like I have had eight week Pekin ducks that were like 10 pounds live. Oh, nice. You, right. The only thing close to that is Cornish Cross. Like, yeah. and they're consistent. And then the thing about that is those Pekin ducks, I can keep them around. They don't fall over dead because they broke their leg because they got too heavy. Like, you know, Cornish can if they're overfed, yeah. like they're supposed to be. And, uh, but, but the thing with that is the females will still not as good as like a really good laying breed duck, but they'll still lay really well, like right. five eggs a week. Like they outlay most laying breed chickens. That most dude in your chat of all breeds outlay the, like, yeah. That dude in your chat is, is breeding those Cornish cross the with the, with the, um, red Rangers or rainbow Rangers or whatever. Yeah. 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 Those. I That's was like, awesome I, that blows too, my right? mind. He got, he got hens old enough to lay eggs. Like mine. I mean, I took really good right. care of them. Well, they won't. Yeah. I had very few losses. Cornish, Cornish, you're, you're fighting, you're fighting nature. If you're trying to get something old enough to lay. And if they do, they're never going to be a really good layer. So yeah, I, just, I, I, don't know. I, I need to talk to him. I'm hoping to, uh, I'm hoping to actually get him on and interview him too. He's not far from me. He's, he's about 30 miles South of me. So, uh, I might actually get a live interview. Nice. Cool nice. Shit yeah. I'm, I'm excited to hear about so that. We'll project. see. I need to talk to him about that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's super cool. Like I've been raising lately for chickens. I've been doing uh Brahma and naked neck cross. Cause when they do get, they get pretty good size and they grow a little faster. Cause those naked necks do really well. And they're really super hardy, but and they got less. It takes a long time to get them sizable enough to eat. Right. They have a the, the pure ones. Like I finally got one that's got the double gene and he's got like no little bow tie on his neck and everything. 50% of the feathers are regular chicken, but they grow faster. They're more resistant to cold and heat, which is crazy. Uh, you wouldn't think they'd be more resistant to cold, but apparently hmm. they put more energy into their, their actual growth and everything hmm. versus 
putting on feathers or something, but they do grow. They, it, that's confirmed that gene in like broiler chickens will cause them to grow like up to 14% faster, I guess, something like that. So they do really well. They, I never have them get sick and die, but they take a, cause it's crossed with the, the Brahma. They take a long time to get to their full size. They're going to be right. big boned and, and you know, everything like that. So they're mostly soup chickens, but I'm okay yeah. with that. Cause I raise them for eggs and I've been on a mission to like raise chickens that just don't keel over and die. Cause I mean, I had a huge problem with that. Fowl pox is bad. It's like uh, half the year. Uh, it's really wet. Cause I'm down in like okay. the piney woods. I'm not in like the desert side of Texas. So mm -hmm. the mix come and they carry this. It's like chicken pox, but for chickens and half of them will die from it. Once they're, once they get it and they survive, they're immune to it. But I was having such a problem. I was getting, uh, all these fancy breeds. I had like German Bielfelders and shit like that. And everything I got shipped in hatching eggs, everything was dying left and right. So I just started focusing on getting only local birds and breeding local right. birds and only keeping the ones that survived and breeding those. And now right. I, I think out of, I probably got 40, 50 chickens altogether right now in that neighborhood. And I've got, I think I lose one or two a year to getting sick right. over something. And when they Immunity, do, they, just, they, they go to the, the extra pigs, you know, I mean, right. You're breeding them for that local area. So I tell a lot of people, I'm like, if you're looking for the best chickens in your area, look at what your neighbors are, are, are raising, especially if they're not buying hatchery chicks, if they're raising it and, and hatching oh, it themselves, dude, I, those I things have, are already I, adapted <laughs> to your local conditions. I, I should have had, I think I was borderline hatchery status with like, yeah, I had a sport, yeah. sportsman incubator, um uh, one of the big one, boys yeah the three the three level and that thing ran for i think 18 months straight full of either quail Woo. eggs or chicken eggs dang oh yeah i'm over was, here running it all on like on like i like a hova baiter i had two running at one point yeah. but <laughs> yeah but like i, was, I said I i'm not throwing... raising if you're raising broilers you're raising for meat man you've got yeah. you gotta have some volume you know you gotta keep that consistently going for me it's like now i just need to refresh my hens every once in a while yeah, I was selling them all. I was selling all those birds. I was yeah. selling them all to, uh, so I was selling quail and laying like uh, mm -hmm. custom or uh, Welsimer. I think we were selling Welsimer oh, yeah. and Black Hopper Moran chicks and um, some like speckled Sussex yeah. uh, purebreds. Right. So we kept them all separate. And like it came down to the fact we were selling hatching eggs too. I realized at one mm -hmm. point we were selling a dozen eating eggs for like $4 a dozen. And I looked on eggs and, for like uh, what eight. What's that? Hatching eggs were like eight. Hatching eggs, like the black copper Moran were like 25 bucks a dozen. Whoo shit. Yeah. That, that right breed. <laughs> so, I'm like, so I'm like, Oh cool. So they're fertile for a, they're for, fertile for like a week. You know, I won't, I'm not going to sell $25 a dozen eggs after a week to, to get somebody in. Right. Right. And when they get like 50% um, fertility after that. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to collect these eggs. I'm going to sit on them for a week. If I don't sell them in a week, I'll sell them for four bucks a dozen as eating eggs. Cause they're still fucking good. Right. I mean, shit. I mean, well, there you go. Just convert them over. That makes sense. Yeah. I, so I we, we converted I our whole flock. I don't we, yeah, we converted yeah. our whole flock to split down and um, and purebred. We had three different breeds, and we right. sold hatching eggs, and we hatched birds, and that. then we sold yep. sold uh, eating eggs with all the leftovers if we had any. Yeah, 
Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, dude. the light bulb came well, on I mean, one day. I, I, I don't sell eggs. Uh, like, if somebody really wants eggs, that's fine. Or I'll sell hatching eggs. But I keep all eggs. I don't wash them. I don't refrigerate them unless somebody asks. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I don't want to deal with the labeling and the crap like that. So it's if, if some friends want some eggs, they get some eggs. But hatching eggs, whatever. Uh, you know, I've yeah, really you thought can, about it. You could eat hatching eggs. Just like you out. dog food. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's totally doable. I mean, it just depends. I mean, the state tells you you're probably going to get E. coli and die. But, you know, they, they tell us a lot of things, too. Uh, I really thought about hatching uh, some ducks and geese because the price on them has been insane. You tried to buy any of them lately. Geese were going for like 20, 30 bucks for a gosling. But the problem is, if I do that, I've got to keep them and deal with them until they get picked up. And I'm like, the, the amount of time and stuff that goes into it, I'm not holding up consistently to do it. So the money's there. I've got the resources to do it. You know, I, none of my stuff is purebred right now. I had some purebred that like show quality wrote on reds for a while. And I lost the rooster and it's just like the hens are too old to lay. So eh, they need to go in the crock pot, but they've been around long enough. It's like, you kind of earned your, you earned your keep. You're here. <laughs> we got a bunch we'll of those you in the yard feed, right now. You know, they're the pity case. It happens, you know. Uh, yeah, we we well, used to call ours, and then we just started free ranging the ones that were retired. We just let them out of and the coop. Hey, they're they're eating bugs, so they're earning something. Yep, cleaning up the gardens and mowing the yard, and so I think but. that's like the under the undervalued part of having poultry, especially down here. We've got a lot. We had long and huge bug season. And having ducks and chickens and stuff in the yard, man, I don't get the mosquitoes. I think the ducks and the Muscovy ducks, especially, but the rest of the ducks dabbling in any standing water and getting getting all the mosquito larvae out makes a huge difference. But I mean, I can go to the, the place next door, and you know, we're kind of down in the woods, but I can go next door, be walking around, laying in, don't have a shirt on, whatever. I'm talking to somebody, I'm getting eaten by mosquitoes. I'm like, it's that time of night, gotta go back, go home. Head back to the house, suddenly I'm not getting eaten by mosquitoes. In the confines of my yard, it's like they're just, it's like 10% of what there is everywhere else. I, right. I don't have problems with like, I mean, everybody around here gets the roaches and stuff like that. I see like twi two a year running through the yard, the little water water bugs, right. um, June bugs. I had a red wasp are terrible around here, especially in the summer. They'll make nests everywhere. They're mean. They sting the shit out of you. I've seen a Muscovy duck like flap its wings and jump straight. It's like six foot straight in the air and just snap one as it flew by. You know, they just right. sit and prey on stuff. And the chickens too, scratching around, eating up any any maggots, any fly larvae, whatnot. The insect load is so much less from having the the, the chickens just yeah, them our by neighbors themselves. Pray, the turkeys, they're, they're, they're running around hunting ticks and oh yeah. Oh yeah. I get people all the time guineas. give me shit because well, I'll shoot a I'll shoot a possum that gets in and killing chickens. Like, don't shoot them. They eat so many ticks. I'm like, you know what eats more ticks? Turkeys. You know what <laughs> eats those? Possums. I shoot the possums and let the let the ticks go away with the turkeys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Our neighbors spray and we just use birds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's crazy how much they really do. In fact, I've we've been able to get some of them trained to fire ants are bad down here. But mm -hmm. between the chickens and the ducks, uh, 
it doesn't take them long to catch on. You can throw a little bit of scratch grain down on top of an anthill and they come over and they start tearing that up. Once the ants start coming up, especially the ducks, it seems like they realize, Hey, these things are tasty too. Next thing you know, you've got ducks that will find an anthill anywhere in the yard and destroy it. And no, they don't get down in there and complete like, you know, 10 feet in the ground, but that constant repeated, whatever the ants either decide to move or eventually they just like die from slowly like starved out or something because the ducks are always on it they're like they come around and you you see there enough they're looking for snacks so it's like shoot i i I have like two or three maybe anthills will pop up and i can walk down the road and i have a pasture full of it right yeah yeah that's free candy they're good for that utility they're great for that utility you know and so many people overlook that part of it because well i mean you I like the tractor thing. I really do. And it's a great way to manage broilers and stuff, but you, you still miss out on some of the benefits of free ranging, but it's hard to do that unless you've got like a laying flock, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, our, our meat birds were in tractors inside, uh, electro netting because we've, we've got right. just a ton coyotes, wolves, bears. Oh, they're yeah, I'm aerial sorry. predators. <laughs> raccoons are the worst around here Raccoon, uh the <laughs> there's a lot of hawks and stuff i think the uh the hawks having the geese out with it makes a big difference they see a larger bird they don't really go after anything you know they're not like out there everybody says oh they're great guards they're great alarm birds no it's whenever they do shut up that's when you should pay attention because they're always screeching and squalling but i don't have the hawks come down to mess with stuff because they see something bigger than them there Right. It doesn't do shit for bobcats, for raccoons. Possums will mostly go after eggs. We got black rat snakes down here. They'll they'll eat seven, ten eggs out of a nest and then get stuck and then kill kill all the chickens and constrict them all to death because they don't know how to get out. They're full of eggs. So uh, we, we have to deal with a lot of predators here. And being right next to the national forest, it, I mean, you can't kill them all. They just keep popping up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, hey, I'm so you're uh Oh, go ahead. Finish. No, on the on the end of the road, like I'm like, there's nobody building behind us for like probably 40, yeah. 50 acres at least. So yeah, we get all that right. predator push out of there as soon as they. Uh, so I feed them well. I I throw lots of shit out in the woods for them, so yep. they're not they're not coming after my shit. Any calls go out to them, and yep. Yeah, like my place, I could literally follow one band of woods back zip across three or four neighbors properties, still be in the woods, cross one little tiny, almost two lane blacktop road and be in the national forest. So anything could walk up. I can have Sasquatch showing up in my backyard and he has full cover the whole time. So (laughs) it's, it's, uh, if, if it's out here, it's in my yard. So, you know, having dogs around helps, but yeah, there's, yeah. uh, Yeah. The big dogs. There's a lot to it. Well, are are you going to end up, are you guys going to miss it while you're on the road though? I know you've kind of probably ratcheted back on doing livestock really for now. Cause you're trying to yeah, we're, miss we're, having that yeah. daily stuff or. Well, yeah. And that's, that's the thing we started thinking with the fuel costs and everything. And we definitely, we want to do this again for sure. For sure. We, yeah. we do miss it because right. we have shut it down. We've been planning this and figuring it out for two years since we, since we oh, decided yeah. we were going to go. So we slowly shut everything down over those two years and bought the ratcheted camper. down and, yeah, and okay. retrofitted the camper we're down to like 12 chickens and when we started we got more yeah. than that with our first batch so 
Like we're right. lower than we've ever been. And uh, yeah, we miss it. We didn't do any garden this year. We didn't start anything. And so it feels like, you're, thinking, like you're something you're supposed to be doing that you're not. And yeah, it just feels so wrong. Yeah. We'll probably take some profit from the property and go buy a spot and start and, right. and start our first hip camp, ours, like our new one. Right. Um, so it'd be like property yep. one and see what prices mm-hmm. do, fuel prices and what happens with the economy. See and how everything never goes. Gets better, if it never gets better, you've we got a home base then. And yeah, right. and figure it out. Maybe we do it remotely. Maybe we can figure out how to network all the landowners. Maybe there isn't the the actual physical development, but there's the management and um, right. and then the networking of the campers because I still plan on traveling to festivals. I plan on going to float fest. So meeting people right. is not a problem. Oh, yeah. And doing the vouching in is not a problem. It's the I was I was more interested in traveling the country, going to each location and managing it that way. Um, doing a full time type deal the, on the road the country, and it like like a, a route. Yep, yep, yep. And see the country and be able to decide where we want to land in the end. And once it got established, right. let it kind of morph itself into what it is, and then have our our home base that we run out of that we get to develop right. our new our new home. Right. So maybe so was, instead of it being like a route while you just kind of float around, you're doing the, the, the drifter consultation type thing. Maybe it's more you establish a home base, but you're free enough to be able to branch away when you need correct. to. Yep. And if somebody wants, you know, you can, you can even have multiple price options. And I'm kind of having to do the same thing with my consult type consultation type stuff. Cause Texas is huge and fuel costs are insane. So if, you know, you want to talk to me over the phone or a video chat type thing. And, you know, I can only offer so much in that media. That's fine. And we can work that out. If you want to pay me to come to you and look at your situation, get boots on the ground and tell you exactly what, you know, we need to get done and shake my hand, that kind of thing. Well, that's fine, but you're going to have to pay for my time and my fuel to get there. All and right. That cost is unfortunately going up. I'm not sitting here trying to, to rake you over the coals for it, but I got to make it worth my time too. Right. If you look at it that way, there's money quite a few people who will turn around and go, eh, you know, right. It, there might be, there's prob- I, in my experience, there's a lot of people who will pay for you to come out. They will, oh, they will throw the money That's down. That's my whole industry. Know it's worth right it. now. But <laughs> you can't rely, right? But you can't rely on that's going to be an all the time thing, or there's always going to be somebody where you're at. So I imagine just traveling, you're going to have a lot of downtime or we're going to be stuck here. Like, yeah, we're in Washington right now. We really can't get to Kentucky to give you a consultation because unless you're planning to pay for us to come all the way back there, Uh, wait till we make the trip around. And right now, (laughs) yeah, right now it's so expensive. We're lucky we can keep the freaking heat on, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm getting, yeah, I can understand that. Like mobile's one thing, but (laughs) Yeah. Mobile is different than full mobile. If you're right. fully mobile all the time, but yeah, having a home base will, will definitely at least give you a feather in your cap there and some flexibility and you can change it up from year to year if you need to. Right. And if, if I just want to travel, that's, that's not as big a deal because I don't have to go a long distance right. when I'm traveling. But if Especially I'm traveling, once you're, once you're out of your work and you've actually got, you've got something other than the daily job, you know, or it's not that work. hard to figure out a way to travel when you've got two people too. You've got somebody to be at home if need yep. be, if you really are 
you know, if you've got animals and they've got to be taken care of, you've got that option of being able to split the team. You don't have that. Well, a lot of people don't have that if they're, if they're by themselves dealing with it. Yeah. And we, you know, there's remote work options completely like Corey, right. Corey, Corey currently works remotely from home a hundred percent. Right. For some reason they won't That's sign awesome. on off, sign off on her doing it um, from the camper. Oh, uh, they, they, they want to be a pain in the butt about the exact address. We don't want you to have to come to the office, but we want to know exactly where you are. When you're working. Pretty much, pretty much. Even though, even though, yeah, oh. she, she did it. in the so, so there's no difference she's been using. So we, when we winterized the camper, we brought our internet from the camper into the house because our internet right. in our house was so bad that a mobile. Uh, I understand that. Router. So we brought it in. She's been she's been using that for going on a year because she moved into the camper last year uh, about this time and we hooked up the internet mm-hmm. and so she's been doing full time remote from the internet we would be using for a year but they're like yeah no, we haven't we haven't been able to approve it yet oh okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's been, it's been years. She's, it's not like it was COVID she was remote before COVID because we moved up here and she's like right. I gotta find another job or you have to let me work remotely because it was 90 miles from her from our house to yeah, her yeah that's work. not not viable to do every day but and she was if a, it's she the was right a kind of job team member she was a valuable team member so they made an exception and, and uh, let not... her start working remote right so yeah. Oh man, let me see here. That's stupid crap. Well, so hey, if you let me put it this way. So if you had some advice to give somebody who is completely new to like homesteading or they want to start like a backyard flock, they're thinking, man, I want to raise meat for my family. Most of these guys are like, I'm gonna order 50 freaking uh, broilers and, and run them in a tractor. Uh what would you give these guys advice? If somebody is trying to get into this and they want to process, they want to raise meat at home and process it themselves and they have no idea, what would you tell them? Uh, man, uh, I would never keep them in a pen. I'd always put them in a tractor. I would always put them on grass. I just think they're healthier that way. Um, figure out what would work for you styles. Look at different ones. There's different advantages and disadvantages to them all. We ended up going with... Um, john suskovich style uh kind of like tent tractors uh there's salad like they there's so many different types and you might be able to come up with your own that's what i did a lot was kind of uh mix and match other people's stuff and make design my own with different features that i liked from each different one because like i'm six five so people don't build shit for people that are six five like they build things for people that are like five eight i'm not six five but i understand yeah everything is short when i'm six two and there's i'll get on a bus and be like yeah you know yeah yeah but then you know my my pens are are six foot dog kennels yeah you know with with the the nighttime pens for the free rangers right and i hit my head okay constantly it's like a daily thing i hit my head you know it's how it is but I I haven't had a concussion, but it's amazing that I haven't, you know, Uh, either my skull's that thick or there's not enough brain up there. I don't know, but. (laughs) Or the brain's big enough. So like, here's the deal. So if you don't get concussions, your your brain's bigger because the concussion's actually the, the, the force of your head, your brain hitting the back of your head and like smacking back and forth. So your brain Uh, might be big enough. That's true. There's too much space in there. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. it could be it could be yeah (laughs) but uh well i don't know but 
with the with the the birds you know don't go all in i i mean learn if you want to do it i think it's worth a season like even in minnesota we start are small. able to do well we're able to do with a cornish cross with eight eight weeks i think we were able to do four turns in a year and that was running That's consecutive factors yeah. like they were overlapping by the right. brood period like it was stretched to four so anywhere in the fucking country right. you could do two batches in a season so order 10 oh do sure. them yep process them yourself and see if you like it yeah and then figure out if you want to do three batches of 10 to get your 30 birds or five batches of 10 to get your 50 birds or you want to do you know two one batch of 50 because we would we would rather do 90 birds if we want 90 birds we want to do it in one right day because it's not that good but Maybe you don't want to do 90 birds in a day, so do two batches of 45. Maybe that's more manageable. So my figure that out. is don't... cutting it out. I guarantee it. So I am going to uh pop over and reset it real quick. So hold it down for a second. I'll be right. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah, so uh maybe spread it out, maybe spread out the, the processing into smaller batches. Make sure you really like it. And uh if you don't particularly care for uh if you don't particularly care for doing it, maybe find somebody to buy from locally that does it, that raises them themselves and 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 uh, processes them themselves, and you know where they came from and and uh, yeah, um, that's kind of the advice for uh, for getting into it, I guess. Um, make sure it's for you. Like, don't hey. uh, don't go balls out. So. <laughs> Um, other than that, yeah, I don't think there's much advice. You just got to do it. You got to do it. Um, be prepared, figure it out beforehand. Uh, maybe be, have all the stuff in place before you get the birds, have a plan to do it. Don't just, uh, order birds cause you're going to raise them in your front yard and you have no plan whatsoever. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You frozen over there? I think he's all locked up. Uh-oh. Ah, so what are we going to talk about? Um, setup for chicken processing. Uh, our final setup that we ended up with was pretty efficient. Uh, it was just Corey and I rocking it out every time we were going to do birds. Hey, look at that. It's all me. Uh, so we, uh, <laughs> the way we would set it up is we bring the birds up to our front yard. We would have, <coughs> excuse me. A sawhorse in the front yard with two uh, processing cones for the chickens. Uh, and then I had built a scalder. We originally went with a propane, propane scalder. And uh, and it was just a pain in the ass to manage, uh, to keep the temperature right. We always had to have a person keeping an eye on it. So with the two of us doing it by ourselves to make it more efficient, I, uh, I put together a electric scalder. I uh, used a digital thermostat and a water heater element and uh, uh, like a 35-gallon plastic drum. Wired it to, to a, a nice long extension cord, plugged it in, and it would just heat up the water to whatever I set the thermostat to. Uh, kept it below the melt point of that plastic drum, and you didn't want it that hot anyway to scald your birds. 
So I built that. We'd get that cooking and it would maintain temperature after it got there. It took quite a while with our cold well water for it to heat up to temp. But once it was there, it really maintained well with that big water heater element. So we would then set up a uh, plucker that we borrowed from our neighbor every year. Uh, we really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of use out of that. So we would set that up and then a uh, pop-up 10 by 10 tent and uh, and a processing table. And Corey was kind of the processor. I did the, the calls and the bleed out, the scalding, the plucking, and then passed off to her. And she did the processing under the tent. So I just ran through our processing setup when we uh, when we figured it out while you were uh, while you were rebooting there. Perfect. Uh, well, thank for holding. Yeah, it was a good. And unfortunately, I'm out of the woods, so I have a good data. The best I've got is a 4G hotspot in a forum. Is and I just rigged up a OBD two thing for eBay and plug that it resets every two hours. So the only way I can afford data out here was they have no fire. So we'll see. Uh, I try not to do it. So anyways, thanks for holding it down and everybody about the process. That was the big is what you're like. So uh, here I know well, I was going to ask you a couple of things. We'll do we'll earlier. Uh, what do you think would we'll like to bet biggest processing rules? What's like the number one takeaway? Uh, man, I'm that different. <laughs> oh, I have no idea what you said. <laughs> It was super choppy. Oh uh, shit! Dad. Oh shit! Okay, hold on. Throw it, throw it in shit. the private chat over. Well, on the thanks side. for letting you know. Yeah, I will. I will. Hold on. Let me second guess that a little bit. Get it to work. We we could do we could do the mime thing we were talking about earlier. You could you could just uh, you could tag <laughs> type what you're saying, and I could relay it. <laughs> oh. Oh, I don't know if it's gonna send it. <laughs> this is a this is an interesting experiment. <laughs> All right, is this a better connection? Is this any better? Yeah, that yeah, that perfect. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool, cool. I'm back on the hotspot, not on the the mobile tether. All right, cool. Well, I don't have to actually mime at all. So there we go. Sweet. Uh, oh, that was perfect. That hey, was great. Super was authentic, like... folks. You know. Oh no. <laughs> We're live in the middle of nowhere. All right. Well, hey, before I lose you again, uh, I was going to ask then, what is, if you had to tell somebody what is the, the major lesson you learned from raising animals, processing them yourself, you know, doing all this stuff, if you had to do one thing different, what, what would be the main takeaway? What's something you would tell a complete newbie that don't do this? Um, be sure you want to do it for income before you ramp up and hate it. Um, I didn't necessarily hate it. We would, we would ramp it up. And then once we weren't making, it was, we would get to a point where it either had to go full-time or uh, stay part-time. And then we would scale it back to a manageable level. Um, 
skip that step if you don't plan on if you're just doing it for yourself i mean really really understand what you actually need um do you need a chicken a week do you need five chickens a week what do you really need uh and 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 set realistic expectations getting into it right yeah i think that's uh that's some pretty good uh solid advice on there well then would you ever consider in your travels or an event or something like that, would you ever think about doing like a workshop or a class on it? Or is that something you just don't really want to mess with? Um, I mean, possibly it, I will be out of practice quite a bit. I haven't, I haven't done it in like uh, right. two, three, two and a half years now. Um, I'll probably do more. Uh, yeah. I, I plan on doing some sort of um, event or uh, educational type at some, at some point coming up right. coming up with something um i'm really cool. working on my i'm really working on my crypto um beginner's guide at the moment i have uh, one now but I it like uses it. it uses like uh coinbase and jacks and stuff and right. uh, a little bit outdated so I'm changing, for, for nowadays i'm yeah. gonna do it a, a um do a uh lightning addendum to it probably and then i just give that away oh when sure. I mean, at, at this point whatever. life lightning's gonna be like half the half the book or half the thing. yeah so uh, i don't know so whatever many, i know a lot that's, of that's about a lot too. <laughs> right right yeah you we're gonna talk about Saturday. you've had a super diverse background and done a bunch of stuff in your life too and and i think you and i are a lot alike in that way so that that'll be an interesting little little venture yeah, I there get, i get all uh, i get all interested in shit and go haul hog into it and then i get bored with yeah, it and i yeah, go learn that's kind of what else. i do yeah 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 i go i have to learn all of the things and once i've learned it i'm i'm done and i'm tired and i want to move on so i think the main thing that has sort of saved me in my my more recent career is uh I, I branched out on my own and I have to improvise. Like if I show up to somebody's place and I'm doing a consultation or working with them or whatnot, nothing's ever the same. Everybody's animals in a different place. Everything's, yep. you know, they, they, they may come from a whole different standpoint than me. Uh, what they want out of it is totally dif different than me. I have to spend half time explaining stuff to people and uh, get a lot of different connections. Every day is different. Every day is an adventure. And that's kind of what I thrive on. So if, yeah, if that's, that's, your, that's I... your mindset, if you can find that, yeah, I'd do it. <laughs> that's why i love this i love um uh, like the homesteading thing and right every day is a challenge every day is different there's something there's it's, a chicken that's like got himself stuck somewhere and you gotta you're like how the fuck did he right. get in there because i have no idea how the fuck i'm gonna get him out of there and it's it's you know, not walking in punching a clock sitting inside of a square box all day and then punching the clock and no. going home yeah Dude, my job exactly. right now, like, like I could, I could probably teach you how to do my job right now. Like the kind of work we're doing, um, be, yep. just because of the season, like I could probably teach you how to do mm -hmm. it in like a day because you have some sort of mechanical ability. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I tell people that all the time. I'm like 90% of what I know I can teach. I could teach a trained monkey to do it, but I can't teach you to want to. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Or care about how you do it. Right. Exactly. That is, yeah. that's, that's the biggest thing, honestly. Yep. Yep. You gotta, oh, you gotta care about what you're doing and oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm putting filters on gas pumps and shit. I'm like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're, you know, you're on your way out. So you're giving, yeah, it's already kind of running out. Yeah. I, I understand that. I'm well, hey, so, what, <laughs> so you've raised a shitload of chicken, turkeys, rabbits and stuff like that. What's your yep. favorite way to cook something that you've raised? I mean, is, is there something uh, that works for all of them? Is there one particular favorite you have for one type? I mean, uh, I know you guys got to do some cooking. 
Yeah, our favorite rabbit is smoked, man. Smoked in oh, the yeah. Bradley. Uh, there was a place we we got a seasoning, so I'm pretty sure you can get it at Sam's Club. But okay, we um, we went snow goose hunting down in southeast Missouri. Um, oh. I can't remember the town it was, but we were down there one year and we were going to go there. They it was one of the we used a guide service and it was one of their stops every year. So we right. were we got down there the one year we were looking for something to eat and we had this big fella that used to go with us like I'm 6'5", 240. This dude's like oh maybe 5'8", like 350, 400. Like he can eat. Like right. So he's scoping out restaurants on the way down of course cuz he's hungry and he's like, <laughs> "Oh, there's this barbecue joint like 25 miles away. Let's go there. It's got like these awesome right. reviews and everything." So we go to this little podunk town in southeast Missouri. And this dude owns everything in the town. He owns the bar, the supper club, mm -hmm. like everything down Main Street. His name is Strawberry. Yep. And so we go in this place and we sit down and like I had never really had a lot of uh, I had had a lot of ribs and I wasn't a huge fan of dry ribs. Like I was a sauce guy. Like that's what I grew up on. And right. So right. I was like, I got to try these ribs because that's what it says. And we're this like smoky bar because they could still smoke in the bars there. We couldn't in Minnesota. Like it was just like cut the smoke yep. in like small town, like four guys sitting at the bar, like old timer regulars, you know. Oh, yeah. They, these ribs. they bring them out. The whole town's I, like a freaking uh, little hole in the wall bar. Yeah. Right. Dude, I, I ate these ribs and I was like, these are the best fucking things I've ever had in my life. Holy shit. And so I'm like. I'm like, these are awesome. I ordered a second rack and ate them. Ooh, I'm like, these are these nice. are awesome. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I wonder if they sell the seasoning on this. This has got to be something good. Cause I'm reading in the right. in the menu this this dude was like Missouri State barbecue champ and all this shit. Mm -hmm. And then he came here. Like if he's not selling the seasoning, then he should be. Yeah. So I go up to the bar and I was like, hey, uh, you sell the seasoning on here? And and the guy outside the bar goes, Yeah. Yeah, we do. He goes, I make it. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, nice. I'm strawberry. So he's sitting at the end of the bar. I started bullshitting with him and everything. And he had it behind the bar. You could get a big shaker of it. So I brought some home. Man, that shit on rabbits. We went there every year. I would buy three big shakers of this shit. And then he said the one year, he's like, yeah, you bring back your empty containers. I'll just fill it for you. I'm like, damn, oh. nice. <laughs> but yeah we put this shit on rabbits it was a it was a it was actually a pork barbecue seasoning we put it on the rabbit mm -hmm. smoked the rabbit oh my god dude it was unreal oh i bet that's great i bet unreal yeah most stuff that works on pork works great on chicken which means it works good on on rabbit you know yep, yep. Oh, that's and awesome then, you guys still be able to can you still get that shit or is it it was it like uh i don't like uh we didn't go down there i stopped going on the trip uh it was kind of just like right. I'd done it like you, you shoot enough snow geese and I did it for like eight or yep. nine years in a row. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't need to drop the buck. It was like, it was a uh, ton of money to go every year. And I'm I was sure. just like, yeah, I don't have the time. <laughs> like, right. Right. So I don't get it anymore. I'm, I'm pretty sure he said you could buy it. We were at Costco. We didn't have Sam's. We had Costco. So we didn't go to Sam's club, right. but I was pretty sure he said you could get it at Sam's club. But I always uh, just picked I'll up my it. yearly supply when we were fly when we were down hunting. While you were there. That's how I was with barbecue. Like growing up up North, uh, down here, like the dry rub on ribs and stuff. That is 
definitely more of the thing. And briskets, that's that's a huge Texas deal. But uh, right there on the river, Iowa, Illinois, there's uh, I don't know if you ever heard, heard of cookies as far as barbecue sauce. They've got some good yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. If you don't like it, it's not spicy like everything down here is spicy, which I love, but not everybody does. But it's it's good, sweet, savory. Um, mm-hmm. w- but the last time my dad came out down and visited, he brought like five gallons of it for me. Oh, nice. And I think nice. I'm, I think I'm through it now. So it's been, it's been, it's been a few years since he's been down here. So, uh, but I was going to say, if you, if you figure out the the name on that, shoot it to me. I'm, I'm curious. I'll, I'll order it if I can and try it. But sure. the other thing is if, uh, if it's not something you can get a hold of and you got some, I know people that might be able to kind of. Oh, it's gone. It's, oh no. We uh, use every bit it. of it. Cause the, both I'm working with now, I'm doing the 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 spice stuff with. I give them my recipe, and they make the stuff. They were like, "Yeah, no, or if you if you're using something else right now, that's that's our thing. You can you can give us some of the spice, and we'll we'll, we'll copy it. We can make it work." I'm like, oh, nice. they're like, "Yeah, no, we'll sit down and we'll we'll fuck with it till we get it to work." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I can pretty much get stuff stuff made the way I want it, which is cool as shit. It's just a surprise for entry, so. We're playing with that, but yeah, I was going to say, if uh, you got something good like that and you can't get it, let me know. We might be able to find a way. Um, uh, it looks like, well, it looks like know, he sells it on his website. <laughs> well, good. Sweet. Shoot that I just, to me. I'm I just curious to now. Well, I'd hope so. If he if he's still alive and doing that stuff and he's not selling it on his website and it's that good, you probably ought to get him selling it on his, his website and tell him. Uh, like, well, I contacted him at one point. Yeah. I, when I got back, I was like, Dude, I could sell this shit with my chicken oh, yeah. or my rabbit. Yeah, and I contacted I him about doing uh, distribution. And it, like it sell was, packs? It was, oh. Yeah, it was a, just a shitload of strings you had to jump through. and Yeah, yeah, that's the hard part. That's the only reason that, like, I have a company, and they're local to me. They're, like, just down the road from me. And they have a full spice distribution. They do everything in-house. Uh, but they've got all the licensing and the stuff for resale. They ship nationwide. They've got everything ready to go and to do fresh batch grind it ship it i've used them for years for all the deer stuff i do really good results everybody loves the stuff i doctor it up myself with my own recipe but i get all my stuff from them so when everybody started harping on me like hey you should do a seasoning blend i'm like yeah i'm gonna have them do it because they can actually set it all up package it have it done for resale the way i want and i don't have to fuck with red tape because i don't I, I ain't got the, I got the patience. I've got enough red tape with my other stuff. If I want to do seasoning, <laughs> I want it done and I can sell it. So yep. we're working on yep. that too. They ship well, hey, well, yeah, they will. If it's like a big enough order. So if it's like oh, onesie right. twosies or I'm going to a festival or something like that, that's fine. I don't mind doing it. If it's like that's website stuff, stuff I'm, I'm doing, up. I'll probably handle it. But if somebody wants to order, I have a friend in Southern Oklahoma and, and setting up a, a mobile processing thing up there, just got licensed with the state. And one thing, because they're doing it that day, one thing they can do is pan sausage. They're not going to sit and smoke the stuff, you know, but breakfast sausage, you can just mix that in, package it, sell it to them. And they've been doing that, like ultra source stuff. And she's like, look, everything is either expensive or it sucks. If you can produce a good seasoning, I will buy it from you in bulk. If you don't mind selling to another butcher, I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, twist my arm. No, you can run around out there processing people's animals. And you're the only thing I ask is you tell them where you got the seasoning. You know, I don't care. Right. You know, right. I'm not going to be so mad that you so buy from me. I'll, steak, so I'll totally give you a bulk steak. price. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah. I will give you a bulk price. Yeah. Oh, twist my arm. You might be the reason I get this thing off the ground faster. Come on. I'll send you a sample right. as soon as I have one. 
So we've been playing with that. But, uh, well, hey, uh, I guess since we're a minute and 22 in, uh, let me go back to the questions we actually managed to get from our lovely audience on Telegram in the chat. If you're not in the Liberty Meat chat, you should be. Uh, you should you're be. A it's a fun time. If you're not, it's fun. It's a great time. All right, let's you can see join here. my chat too. We're both we're yeah. both messing around. Yeah, you totally should. So, do you have do you have a faucet going yeah. in yours? I got a faucet in mine. If you want to join mine and get I some don't lightning, remember if I still have a faucet going, but uh, I should be. If not, yeah, go on over to the Lots Project chat. I actually put the link to it to the Telegram group in the YouTube show notes, and it should be in everything else when I get it out there. It's on Facebook. It's on all the things, and uh, go find his stuff. Get on on there and start some free lightning and bitcoin lightning it's real bitcoin it's just tiny little bits you can tip with it and it doesn't cost you anything play with it send us some tips send some other people some tips don't send us tips but learn how to use the shit send other people tips and you're right or if you feel like buying something and getting something back for it go to renegadebutcher.com buy a t-shirt oh you can can buy it you you don't have lightning now yeah, exactly. Talk to him. He'll sell it to you in Lightning too, but get some practice with it because it's okay. Right now, you're taking your money from your paycheck and you're holding it in something that loses value constantly. You're holding a piece of the US debt. If you put it in Bitcoin, you're holding something that accrues value over time. Yes, it goes up and down like every other fucking thing on earth, but it's actually a piece of value instead of a Nothing. Only that is what you have when you have a dollar in your pocket. So this whole system is going to end up collapsing. Get with the system that's not and learn how to use it. Um, Anyways. What'd you say? That can't collapse. It's math. Probably my end, but they can't can't collapse. Well, yeah. And mathematically, think about it. Bitcoin is capped. There's only going to be so much Bitcoin in the world ever. So that means it's always going to be worth more. It's always going to be more in demand. Even gold, we might find a new a new uh, strain of gold and mine it out, and there's more supply. Yeah, there's rare uh, U.S. dollars. Well, we just make more supply when we feel like it, so it's worth less. Yeah. Well, there are um, uranium. I mean, I'm not going to trade uranium, but hey, if <laughs> if you want to, not, are you a Clint? Are you a Clint? We on with that forever, but I should circle back. Well, no, I don't think so. I hope not. Oh, you never know. Uh, <laughs> All right. Pretty beat chat. Let me cycle back. Which I will be interviewing here coming up. And I'll post all that stuff once we have everything fully ironed out. I think we do. But my calendar is not. You. What's your favorite way to cook rat chick? And I already asked you that because I'm a jackass, and I I totally did not look back at the comments before I did that. But uh, you were talking about the barbecue seasoning. I'm sure she's going to be super interested interested to hear about it. Uh, but what are you looking forward most to at uh, SRF at the the Reliance Festival? Oh, Self Reliance Festival. Yeah, um, meeting people, actually meeting people and shaking hands yeah. and uh, putting putting hands. Anybody in particular, or just 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 everybody? Um, 
everybody nate nate and aaron ken uh carrie brown a lot of the a lot of the people that are going as spectators but i also hope to uh, uh listen to ken Barry and jack speak and nicole and uh, john willis and watching the presentations but i think just the meeting the people and interacting in person is is so powerful and and just uh so yeah that's the thing i'm looking most forward to if my experience from from just float fest is like anything especially i can speak for everybody else but uh most of these people are really down to earth and jack especially too it's not just going to be listening to them you'll, you'll get interact and talk and jk has oh, yeah. some bullshit and i gotta feed i gotta feed jack spearco and like that was my fanboy moment so uh <laughs> you know <laughs> but, i mean honestly that that, that fucker's reason that even ended up in this space ended up down here oh, yeah. ended up homesteading ended up starting a business yeah there's a lot of inspiration coming there so that was pretty cool for me but super down to earth like the normal people and that's the best thing about events like that into a festival or an event or like a freedom type thing go because these people you listen to and you get all this these ideas and and you know inspiration from listening to day to day as they ramble about their thoughts <laughs> they're real people who will take your hand and it's pretty damn cool and it, yeah. it kind of brings everything into perspective though knowing it's not this unachievable thing this is a salt of the earth person who's doing what they say and that's kind of the best part to me um i'm, I'm over yeah. here trying to answer your question and I don't need to, <laughs> but let me pull up your uh no no just my little add on to it but i i think that would be super cool that was like for me going to festivals that's that's why i would love to go to self-reliance uh nicole saw that's one i'd love to meet and i've never really had a chance to I, I love what she's got going on and i know you you two and you and amy amy digman you guys know each other right yeah, yeah like, she's like 30 miles from yeah, me yeah that's that's cool yeah, yeah, she's cool as shit too. She's uh I've I've talked to her online off and on for a couple of years, but uh Yeah, she's that whole I'm, gonna, crew, I'm actually you know, taking I'm actually gonna take some comfrey to her place. Nice, good. She needs it. Every, then, I think everybody needs that. I've had well, I've had comfrey I'm, in my yeah, life since like I was a kid because my grandpa was a huge gardener. And so I just <laughs> take it for granted, but I forget how many people don't know. I was selling comfrey sab at Float Fest too and and people are like, oh, what yeah, is that? What's it do? I'm like, seriously, dude, it fixes everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I sold that for a while. It's it's a self-serving uh, gift, though, because I've talked to her and I it said, is. I'm going to bring you some huge plants. And then when I get established, when I buy a property, I need you to cut root cuttings and crown cuttings and send them to me. So I can have the same comfrey I had here and reestablish Battery? it in my new you're, place. You're my story, right, right. That's just that's just called sustainability, you know. Well, that's sustainability through community. So yeah, yeah, she gets the oh, plan. It's like seed scaring. Yeah, pretty much. Oh shoot. Okay, so uh, Aaron also asks. Uh, she's the rock star with comments and questions. Is uh, what are you most excited about going on the road in the RV? Uh, what and what are you most nervous about? Uh most ex excited and looking forward to is just getting the hell out of minnesota and uh yeah being on the road is really nice i i really enjoy living in the camper even when it was in the driveway it's just like you're closer to the outside and that's kind of where i'm at in my life is i just want to be in nature right. and not in a house yep. and sticks and walls and all that and you yeah, mean in the real uh, world so that's, what's that you mean in the real world yeah, yeah, like yeah, the real, real world, not yeah, not what not, we call the, the real world. The not the metaverse, yeah, the uh, actual real yeah. existence. It, yeah, 
So we we had originally before we decided to move into the camper, we were gonna move. We we're gonna go build a yurt in Idaho, up in the mountains, in the banana belt there, and uh, ah. So that was kind of like going away from the normal structure. I'm I'm really kind of transitioning into this round and curve phase in my life where uh, I don't want to be in a square building. It's it's just this thing I've been thinking about for a long time. Just popped in my it. head. So so is yeah. it a round camper? No, it isn't. Unfortunately, but it's a means to an end. <laughs> no, the where's front, the airstream? The front, Come on, the front oh, end yeah. is is round. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. That's great. No, I get it. I, totally I live do. in the round I, room. I spend as much time out. And if there's not trees over my head, I'm not happy. I figured that out yeah. about myself. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you do what you have to do, but. Yeah. Corey told me this morning. To me. Corey told me today. She's she's like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to being a little warmer in the morning so I can start doing my yoga outside again. I'm like, yeah. 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 Where seven, eight months of the year, it's not so cold. You, you need, you need like multiple layers to even exist. Frostbite. Yeah, exactly. I don't miss those. Like from a Christmas story, just waving in the snow. I mean, there is a trade-off. You, you can only take so many clothes off. Yeah. But at the same time, I would rather be a little bit hot a good portion of the year than be goddamn cold like that all yeah. the time you never you know? wore no no and i am not a thick frame guy so i i just there's only so much i can do <laughs> so, so most nervous about oh. doing it um is the unknown um the fuel costs going up like the things i've seen mm -hmm. happen like we started doing this before covid so watching all of that progress and watching all this progress as we're trying to make plans to yeah leave our security here has been kind of daunting um and that's why we're kind of yeah doing a lot of contingency planning that's and gotta out be stressful i'm sure you're like you're you're stepping out of it so yeah yeah i, I kind of want to be in areas that yeah. i i kind of know at no. least a few people <laughs> right right well that that's the nice thing about the fine thing is you you've i'm sure built a network that's kind of nationwide if not above beyond yep. that you know to where yep. and I have God skills. people so yeah, yeah i have right. skills i'm not going right. to show up and be a load on you i'm, I'm going to be a benefit to to helping you oh yeah and, there's that too. Helping you thrive, and so. I, i've told a lot of folks that too and kids i've trained and worked with too and i if you've got a good usable skill you've always got that it's always a good fallback. Like I've, I've had folks that have shown up and just learn like in a season, they're like, this is not what I want to do, but let me, I'll debone deer from you. Teach me. And that's fine. But I was like, if you learn how to do this and do it well, no matter where you go in the country, you've got that skill and you have at least seasonal work and food it's there. It's in benefit. You can right, right. You can take that skill and turn it into something beneficial for you or to others. And, get a net thing back from it. So even if you go somewhere else, you're not wasting your time. You don't have to be a career butcher right. to learn how to bone a deer. Yep. That's a value. Or even if you just want to do it part-time, uh, I started doing it. I ended up in a career doing it because I guess I'd be my Well, anyway, I think, considering we're a minute and 30 
or an hour and 34 into it already. Shoot, we'll uh, we'll probably go and wrap it up. Social media, we haven't had a ton of comments. We had uh, one guy pop over on uh, early on uh, on Twitch and said hello, the jester. Hello, I, I'm not sure who you are, and thanks for following. And then uh, Rachel Brown had said, yeah, the Telegram stream was not working well. Uh, I noticed that. I tried to start it and restart it a couple times. But while doing the podcast, I didn't have time to really troubleshoot and figure out why on earth it didn't pick it up. Usually it does. But it'll be all right uh, if we miss Telegram for this one. So be it. Um, There are no more questions that I know of, but we should wrap up with, as far as social media goes, uh, where they find you and uh, where should they follow you? uh, Either what you have now or going Sure. Um, uh, let's see. Mainly, I'm trying to use Float as much as I can. It's it's kind of buggy right now. You can find me really on Telegram. If you're on Telegram, you can find me there. I'm in all a bunch of different chats, uh, but my chat is t.me slash lots chat. That's t.me slash lots chat. Um, and uh, yeah, the lots project.com is uh it has all my social links on it i'm the lots project pretty much everywhere if you search it anywhere you can find it our youtube channel is our old farm name happy hills homestead but if you search the lots project on uh on youtube it comes up with our stuff because i have playlists and all sorts of videos with that in the name so it just auto populates if you search it so um yeah yeah you can find me i'm pretty easy to find and get a hold of nice uh, and for me, I uh, found this channel. You probably know where, but uh, you can find me on YouTube, uh, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, all of the places or whatnot. But go to live.libertymeet.solutions, and that's kind of got everything like there. So that's your which you want to check out with uh, what we have going on with the merch, with the seasoning stuff we're launching. And, uh, you know, if you got any questions on it, let me know. The main thing I want to do with that is, yeah, I want to get the seasoning started up. I want to get it going. I'd like to offer that. But I want to uh, I want to try to get people to start using lightning. Yes. Check out up there. That's right. That's the corner. Check out the lightning tip up that way. Uh, you could, If you want to come on Telegram, if you're in the groups, there's ways to tip there, too. Let us know. We'll even throw some sats at you to get you some uh, practice and learn how to use it. Uh, we were doing the same thing the other day, and uh, Nate Lamaster from uh, the Two Chicks Homestead, he was uh, just getting his lightning wallet set up and uh, wanted to learn how to do it. Me and Brian were helping him out a bit. And once he got that linked to his uh, cache of Bitcoin, he brought some over and gave us both a really nice, generous tip, which was awesome because we helped him out. And that's exactly what it's for to be able to kind of, you know, pass that around and at, you know, appreciate value that others offer. So if you find value in what we got going on, either of us, let us know. And uh, you're bringing value to the conversation. If we find value in stuff you're doing. I can promise you I'm going to tip. So that's just how it is. Um, I, I meant to talk to you this before we uh, talk to you about this, pardon me, bleh, before we started the stream off. But if you get a chance, shoot me uh, a lightning address that you want used. And uh, okay. when I, this goes up on anchor, not anchor. Well, anchor, and it'll go up to uh, fountain.fm. Yep. I will set that split up and have a cut of it go to you. So if you're tipping me for this podcast on that episode, a, par- a portion of it's going to go to the guest as well. And I think that's the fair way to do it. They've uh, showed up and spent their time and gave their wisdom and everything like that. So it's a good way to do it. Uh, but yeah, you can find 
all of my stuff following those links. You can find his stuff following those links. Um, I just now today, thanks to somebody asking me about it and, and reevaluating it. Last I looked, <laughs> I wasn't able to actually do any of the Amazon affiliate stuff and uh, they've changed it. So now as long as I confirm three sales in the next like 180 days or whatnot, I can stay on the program and make money for offering or recommending stuff I've tried. I'm not going to go and just recommend stuff, but I did. I, I wanted a new coffee grinder. I've wanted it for a while. I got this little bad boy. I made a video of it the other night. I haven't turned it on or anything, but it's USB charge, USB-C. It's slow. It's really slow. That's one of the selling points, supposedly. Uh, if you uh, slow grind coffee, I guess there's less of a chance of it overheating and you losing some flavor. Hand grinding, I think, is a whole different ballgame. But if you're lazy, this thing supposedly, we're going to find out, and I'll let you all know, does 8 to 10 charges. But it's USB charge right on the top. You pop the bottom off. You can adjust your grind right there with a nut. I've got two ounces of Food Forest Farm coffee in here, and I promise it's going to take it longer than the rest of this broadcast lasts. That's how loud it is right there. And it just runs. So I'm going to sit it down here and let it grind my stuff so I can set up cold brew for tomorrow morning. And uh, I put a video up on YouTube the other day with that thing running. Uh, it took about eight minutes to grind a whole thing of it, whatnot. But since it's USB-C, you could grind it or you could charge it, pardon me, your grinder mobile in a vehicle or from wherever you want to charge your phone. And uh, you, I mean, you set it down for eight minutes or whatever while you cook your, you warm up your, your water. It's, uh, it's the right size to fit in like a cup holder in a vehicle. So I like yeah. that part too. And, uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's the best. If it sucks, I will update it and let y'all know, but I posted the link for it with my affiliate stuff. So maybe I'll make a cut. I don't know. Uh, it's in the YouTube link and I'll put it up on the other stuff too. And I posted a YouTube video, same thing I sent to Brian the other night with it running and, uh, yeah, it takes forever, but eight minutes, you know, while you start your water and take a shit, it, it works in the morning. So, <laughs> you know, Perfect. um, Perfect. anyways, I'm going to shut that thing off so it's not just super loud during this, but I'm going to let it run when we finish this I up think, and put I think it Rachel in my asked uh, question over there. Rachel asked, I asked uh, any idea how to get rid of poison sumac. And oh, shit. Yeah. I'm, I just, I've that. never yeah. had to deal with it. I, you know, I've not had to deal with, with sumac. I've had to deal with poison ivy and poison oak, and it's really bad out here. And there's yeah. the only thing I, there are two ways that I know of, and they both have problems. The main way is something like Roundup or 240. I don't recommend that. It's the last goats thing I would do uh, if there's nothing else to eat. But they're kind of like goats with wings. And if the problem with that is if you let them into the area with it, if it's growing up in your garden, you're not going to have a garden. Right. So I think the best thing you probably can do is like maybe sheet mulch every year. And if you see stuff out there, get gloves on, pull it up, get rid of it. The sooner you do, the better. It's got a hell of a root system and it takes off around here. I don't know about sumac, ivy and oak. The birds eat the seeds. And if it's nowhere nearby, it doesn't matter. They're going to shit it out. It's going to grow there. And I've got an overgrowth of it this year. I don't know what to do about it yet, but it's a pain in the ass. It's constant work. And the best thing you can do is hope you're not like, sensitive to it when you have to don't with it. yeah i'm not sensitive to it but don't burn it we had a relative yeah. that no, that burned no. It. they inhaled the smoke mm -hmm. and their face like just blew up like a balloon it's bad it's bad uh even if you're not sensitive to it from what i understand the more you're exposed to it eventually your body can finally 
just flip it shit and go, nope, no more. And you could become sensitive to it. So I avoid it when I can. I've never reacted to it, but I don't want to be like 70 years old and have an anaphylactic shock situation because I touched poison ivy and didn't know it was a problem. So I avoid it. And I do know, even if you're not sensitive, yeah, that urushorol, I think is the chemical that's in it. Uh, mm. When it's burned and it's inhaled, you know what the inside of your lungs absorb things from plant smoke a lot better than everything else on your body. So try not to do something stupid. Dig it like, all I, If I see poison ivy in like in mulch or, or like on firewood, I, I will not burn that shit. I will just compost it. Yeah. 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 <sighs> but Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, uh, hold on. She posted something up here. Yeah. Can you, you put up the affiliate link after I bought it already? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And Rachel, thank you for being the one to actually bring that to my attention and make me think about it. A couple years back, I actually, my, my main business is pasture to plate processing. When I first started it off, I had so many folks that wanted me to do the educational stuff. I got excited because everybody's doing podcasts and I like all the podcast people and I'm going to do a podcast. Uh, and I started it right before like deer season. So I was slammed as far as work goes. And uh, yeah, no, I, I got like six or eight episodes out. Uh, that was, that was about it. So I looked into it at the time to do the Amazon affiliate stuff, but you have to have, at, at least back then you had to have a certain minimal level of followers confirmed on social media to really be considered. Apparently the barrier for entry is a lot lower now. It's just like sell some shit and we'll confirm you and you're good. So yeah, the now I'm on board. Lower, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I imagine so, but you know what? It's better than nothing. If I'm going to mention a product and say, eh, I think it's decent. I'd rather get a little bit from it than nothing. So I'm going to mention the product either way. That's just, it's, it's, I'm going to talk about it. So, uh, I, I started it up and thank you for making me think to go back and look. So yeah. Uh, if anything, I, I probably owe you a little bit. If it was lightning, you could split her in. I mean, I'm telling you we, now, if we can get Amazon affiliate stuff to do lightning payments, we'll be on to something. We'll really be on to something. So you could take you could take your point two percent and split it to point one. Oh and shit! Yeah, one. right. I could make even <laughs> less for for talking more. It'd be great. No, that's fine. No, I mean every little bit counts, and uh, I do appreciate the fact that you actually that Rachel actually asked and said, "Hey, uh, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and buy that. I hope you get a cut from it because uh, I, it seems like a cool product." And I'm like, "Yeah, no, unfortunately, I'm not cool enough to be able to play with their affiliate program." And apparently, I was. I just didn't know. It's a self confidence thing, really. I mean, yeah. I guess I need I to work on that. <laughs> we we did that. We do that. We we have a decent account that we we're getting better at doing it um right we did a lot right. of written products Corey Corey has a huge following with the dogs with baby walter and company and yeah. uh, oh, she nice. does pretty decent with recommending the well, dog products with her background kind of the uh the the easy button when it comes to social media stuff is is have a cute pet you know <laughs> have three of them right uh i don't <laughs> uh maybe i need to figure that out i don't know we, we need to have a duck in here with me or something who knows but no it's, one uh, those, no everything those, you guys uh, are doing over there is cool shit. naked necks in with you <laughs> oh yeah i totally have a chicken sitting here with me. i had a i had a rooster it was a bantam it wasn't he wasn't naked neck but it was a bantam for a couple of years that lived in the house with me 
and uh he was named jack after like the monkey off pirates of the caribbean because like to hang out yeah. on my shoulder all the time yeah now uh, he was the last surviving uh rooster i had from a whole pen that was killed by a snake uh middle of the night like i said snake got in the pen ate a bunch of freaking eggs and couldn't get out and i think the hens pecked him and he just decided to constrict and kill every every freaking chicken in there two in the morning i go out there with a with a gun because i hear the chickens just making a racket and yep nope he was the only one left and uh, he was all traumatized i kept him in the house for a while nursed him back to health and uh he hung out with me it was uh three four years later he, he finally kicked the bucket but yeah i had him on the i was doing online karaoke crap for a while it was it was ridiculously stupid but you know a couple beers and sing with a bunch of people online and i'd have a chicken sitting on my shoulder yeah yeah i know oh god what a glorious life i'll need anyways <laughs> uh, i think we'll probably wrap this stuff up and uh, call it a night i know it's almost two hours in here and i'm sure you've got to work in the morning i've got to too but we appreciate yeah. everybody being in here and uh and hanging out with us i see rachel's talking about renting goats and Please don't own this plant. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. Um, if you guys want to continue to chat or anything like that, show up on Telegram. We've got the Liberty Meat chat. you got the Lots chat. And uh, those links are all up there. Really cool groups. Real cool group of people. And uh, you can check out, if you want to see me and Brian more, uh, I've got some links. If you go over to live.libertymeat.solutions, there's, uh, you go down to the bottom, you can see it says, as, as heard on or as seen on, and you can hit read more and it shows all the episodes stuff that I've uh, I've been on lives or podcasts with people too, uh, with him as well. And we've had a couple episodes of the the after party, sort of like the vault from the Unloose Goose podcast and other people have been kind of brought into it. But mostly people talking around bullshitting and hanging out. But if you want to learn a little bit about lightning, if you want to learn about some of the oddball stuff or just sort of uh, low types of listen to pretty cool. And uh, check it all out. If you like what we do, and tip us. If you don't, that's fine. I don't care. We're going to keep doing it. And uh, <laughs> hope you all have a good one. Hang out there. And uh, you know what? Be free.